On this podcast, two young travelers, Alex Dethro and Jesse Lanier, will be going on a journey to find the greatest cinematic treasures. Each week, they spin the wheel of fate and allow destiny to decide whether the next few hours will be filled with genius and wonder or boredom and mediocrity. Our heroes hope to unbury hidden gems and share their discoveries with the world through humble conversation, and maybe, if they're lucky, better themselves along the way. So welcome, one and all, to The Movie Quest. Hello, friends, movie questers, uh, podcast fans. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the movie quest. This is episode... 20! 20? 20, uh, look at yeah. That. Yeah, pretty cool. So, double, wait, double. so we've done 20 movies already? We've done 20 oh, fucking movies. That's pretty cool, yeah. man. That's um, cool. And we're at the end of the year. So, I think 20 for a year is pretty good. Yeah, um, we only did like this is only like half a year, probably, right? Yeah, that's we true. We didn't start. Yeah, we didn't start until probably yeah, like April or March. Or yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, we have a collection of about forty movies. That's an interesting estimate. Yeah. about forty. I mean, we could do some math and calculate the weeks and stuff, but that's okay. not really what we do here. So, uh, around yeah. forty. Exactly. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Well, realistically, how many weeks in a year? Because there's fifty-two weeks, right? Yeah. You're year. doing math, Alex. Is there you're only, doing math. You're wait, so... is there really only 52 weeks in a year? That can't be right. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, dude, there is. And when, it's alarming once you wow. think about the amount of, of weeks in a human life, you know? Yeah. Like, you see that statistics, like, Kirkazog puts out stuff like that, and it mm-hmm. makes you kind of accidentally shiver, existentially yeah, shiver. I don't know why that makes me... Anyway, um... Yeah, so that was like 20, and uh, this was my choice. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the uh, 1976 uh, film called Marathon Man, uh, starring uh, Dustin Hoffman, Lawrence Olivier, and Roy Snyder. Um, <laughs> Brody himself. Uh, Brody! And uh, I t- so we like to, you know, if you listen to this podcast before, every the start of every episode, we like to talk about, you know, why we have this in our watch list, what prompted us to even want to watch this movie. There's millions and millions of movies out there. Why this one, motherfucker? Why, why this one? Why? You know? um, for me, I had it for a few reasons. Uh, one, uh, if, you, if I had a gun to my fucking head, or like favorite genre of movie, I would probably say thriller. Um, mm-hmm. You know me, I, I fucking love, when, I, when, when a good thriller comes out, I want to inject it like dick, and I watch it like a hundred <laughs> fucking times. Um, yeah, yeah. It's also, it's a good genre because it's very broad, so you got a lot of different uh, sure. yes. uh, tones yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can investigate in For that. sure. You're right. It is a very broad genre. But I, I think anything that, if somebody says to a movie about a movie that this gave me insane anxiety, I, I'm like, I'm watching that tonight. Uh, I yep. just, I love... <laughs> anxiety-ridden cinema. And there's a great, um, 
there's a, I think, well, I wanna watch this movie for a long time. Uh, but there was a, uh, cause I just, I heard about this movie being a great thriller from the 70s, and kind of like a mm-hmm. classic, classic movie for some people that, um, that, uh, I've just heard about a lot. And so that was one reason. I also, but I was gonna mention that it, there's a great letterbox list that, like, a creator made, one of the more popular ones, it's called anxiety ridden cinema and there's like a this person Dope. made this like huge list of like 300 movies that have you know that, that mostly thrillers horror movies you know that uh not, not just horror movies punk shock love is a great you know example of like a anxiety yeah, yeah, nice, film. Yeah. um you know woody uh annie hall like some of the films from woody allen there's a you know um so I, I remember looking at that list and, you know, seeing that, probably saw this again, probably it. Another reason, Dustin Hoffman, I, I absolutely love Dustin Hoffman. Um, yeah, I think Dustin great. Hoffman is, you know, one of the best actors of all time and also one of the best, you know, especially in this era. You know, we talked about the Deer Hunter not that long ago, and we talked about Mark Nero and his, like, kind of insane run in the 70s and, and the 80s. Dustin Hoffman... He, he's up there, you know, with this insane run of the late 60s and the right. 70s and just, like, unbelievable movies and uh, really iconic movies that are kind of being rediscovered to today, like Kramer vs. Kramer and Marathon Man and The Graduate, you know, obviously being an absolute classic. Yeah, or The Graduate. Midnight yeah. Cowboy, which that's another reason why I watch this. This movie is directed by John uh, Schlesinger, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. And he's kind of a legendary filmmaker because he made a movie called Midnight Cowboy. Which... That was a, I, I learned that from watching that this mm-hmm. time, that, that that was the same director. And I yeah. haven't seen Midnight Cowboy, but I, I know it's yeah. an important one. Midnight Cowboy is an extremely important movie. Um, and if you guys, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, uh, absolutely watch it. Especially if you're, you know, a lot of the great queer cinema that we we're getting today would not exist if it wasn't for the Night Cowboy. And also the boundaries that that movie pushed, especially in like 1969, um, mm-hmm. was pretty crazy. It was kind of like, along with films like Easy Rider and, uh, you know, Mean Streets and, and, and stuff like that, it was like, a, you know, a real starting point and turning point of like independent cinema not just like independent cinema but like um i don't give a fuck energy that a lot of these young late 60s early 70s filmmakers like have yeah it, it was a big it was a big turnaround in just how films were made in general yes. that period of time it yeah. was a it was a big old the developmental cistern of things oh yeah oh yeah and uh and Midnight Cowboy is like a a movie that still holds up to this day. It's absolutely it's fucking brilliant. Um, so yeah, that was another reason why I want to watch this. And uh, I don't want to dwell on this for too long because I feel like I'm talking about this a lot. The one thing that I was thinking about, so this movie was a box office success. This was like a big hit in nineteen seventy six, a critical like box office success, and it's just insane to me to be watching a movie like this it's crazy like it, this movie's crazy you know uh this movie's pretty wild and mm-hmm. you just think like 
I hate to say, I hate to be this guy who I'm 26 years old. They don't make them like they used to. You know? Like, yeah, if this the, movie came out today, if this movie came out today, like in the, you know, 3,000 theaters, like a big, you know, with a big Hollywood star, which doesn't really exist anymore, but a big Hollywood star, um, like, people would be like, cinema is back, you know, like, the return to cinema, you know, like, all yeah, this shit. Right. It would be such a big deal in, like, the big cinema community if a movie like this was coming out. So, yeah. it just reminded me of, like, what a fucking time, especially in the 70s, um, that big budget movies were being made. Because not only is this movie Marathon Man, Really, I found this movie, like, incredibly entertaining and really well made and really, really fun. But it has an edge to it. There's, like, a, you know, it's not, like, um, a squeaky clean movie, like, blockbuster that we would have gotten in the 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there is this, like, really great political, you know, edge to it, you know, grittiness, you know, because there's also a great New York movie. Um, great New York mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And also just ta- one of the things that I love about New York cinema, especially in the 70s, is it just captures the city in this insane time. It was lawless. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> and so you see, just seeing like some of the, like the video is fucking hilarious. Uh, with yeah, I love the opening scene. The opening the is, um, they, awesome. yeah, with, uh, uh, yeah, just absolutely unhinged and be, like amazing sequence. But you start thinking that and you're like, this is insane that they're shooting this insane. This is like, I know. That's why this is like a big crazy movie because it's like a big paramount movie and they're fucking doing this crazy car chase in the middle of fucking. You know yeah, I, mean? I was wondering. I was wondering how they did that that yeah. stunt where they went through the intersection and shit because Crazy. it's like blocked it like, off. This is this is, this is <laughs> the '70s. Those are real cars. Those are real cars making contact yeah. like yeah. that. Uh, it's insane. Uh, um, that's real fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they blow up a car. <laughs> and so, and like you know, just seeing the city streets, like oh my god, man, like it, it just yeah, looks it so so gritty and dark dope. and it. And there are a lot of new, um, like, Little like Cowboy also, because Little like Cowboy is, you know, this incredible uh, New York movie also. But um, that was an aspect of this movie that I absolutely loved. And you just don't really see thrillers like this anymore, big-budget thrillers like this. Um, and this was a genre in the 70s and, and the 90s that kind of came back, um, like political thrillers, you know, there's a political thriller aspect to marathon man like i wouldn't call it a straight up political thriller but uh obviously not but it uh it has like the dna of like a political thriller from like the 50s and and stuff like that but with the 70s grit to it um so i really like this movie i thought this movie was really fun and obviously there's plot holes in this movie you know it does feel like you know there are aspects where like oh shit okay this was made by a studio you know, where mm-hmm. there is, there's definitely, like, a Hollywoodization of, like, for example, like, the ending, for example, and, like, um, which I thought was great. But there is, like, a very, like, almost like a diehard, like, uh, I don't know, kind of, like, action hero type 
cut quality to it. Yeah, you mean like you mean like the wrapping up super closure right. that happened right. at the end, right. tied, right. tied right. end type of and thing. And also, yeah, you know, just sure. off of being the hero, you know, and throwing the goggles in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, right. in the river, <laughs> which is great. You know, I love that stuff, but it's like, it really works, but it goes along with it. It's not like a... Uh, a Scorsese movie, for example. It's not like right. uh, this, this is the same year Taxi Driver came out. We have to remember too that Taxi Driver that's was like wild. an that's, insane, that's really insane movie. You know, and it still is to this day. Um, but um, so there is like a, a probably like a Hollywood scene to it, but a pretty thin one. Um, and so I I found this movie like really 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 entertaining. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I had a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I, I uh so I watched this like a week ago and it's still oh, like yeah. really vivid in my mind. Like yeah. I can basically remember it all. Yeah. Uh I, I love movies like this too. Yeah, I man. mean I think it's like kind of it, it kind of has a similar archetype to Die Hard. Um yeah. I, I think that's a good example. And I fucking love Die Hard. I think that's yeah. a great I love watching that movie and I feel similarly watching Marathon Man. It's just like yeah. I, I just love watching it. Um, I, I, w- I was noticing too, I think what, what you're talking about with the Hollywood sheen, that it was really cool. Uh, I, I, I think it has a bit of like classic Hollywood writing as the foundational yes, yes, structure to it yeah. in a way that's similar to double indemnity. Right. Almost. Right. There was um, like the, you look like the first half of the, the parallel kind of, um, editing that they're doing with like following Babe, which is an insane character, uh, name. Yeah. But, know, uh, well, that's not even real, it's a nickname, but, uh, Babe, and then, you know, Tuscan, the Roy Shiner's his brother, and, like, this great, His like, name is Doc. Doc. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck is up with the names? Uh, yeah. but, uh, that's another thing that I really like about the names are insane, but, uh, even the villains, uh, uh, the German, the, the Nazi, fucking, uh, Slice, or something, <laughs> <Slots> <laughs> or something. Yeah. Total like mustache twirling German guy. Um but uh yeah, like you're totally right. Like just like the, the cross cutting of, you know, like seeing what Doc is doing and, and the the mystery of like not really knowing like what's going on. I thought it was like really well laid out to the point where you don't really know what Doc is doing, right? You don't yeah. really know until it's revealed to our main character and he gets roped up into the whole into the whole scenario, right? Um, yeah, so, which was very, very satisfying and laid out in a very, um, structured, but, yeah. uh, but, 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 it, so it has that structure of like something like double indemnity or like these classic things, but it doesn't have uh, uh, the movie. extreme, the extreme rigidness that something that, you know, Hitchcock, which is like perfectly right. crafted and curated. Right. It has a bit more of that seventies looseness to it, yeah. but not quite the Martin Scorsese no, um, no, extent, no. Yeah. but it does remind me a lot of something like good time or uncut gems. Like For it sure. feels like that. Yeah. It has that yeah. energy, yeah. but not yeah. quite, it hasn't quite um, right. delved into the pure naturalistic school. There's actually of, a cool connection to, to uncut gems in this movie because uh, I remember I'm obsessed with Uncut Gems, as you know, obviously. Yeah. My favorite movies of all time. Phenomenal and, movie. Yeah, absolutely. Totally insane. phenomenal. Fucking insane movie. Um, and I, I read so many interviews with the Chapman Brothers about how they made that movie. And one of the things that was a lot of press when that movie was coming out was that it was one of the... It was a movie that was shot in the Diamond District, which, like, 
a lot of movies were not allowed to shoot the guy in this trip. And actually, mm-hmm. Marathon Man is one of those that was allowed to shoot. So the end of the movie when Slop's like... Great, great and there's scene. And there's, yeah. And that's all shot in the guy in this trip. And what's cool is uh, you realize, like, oh, man, it really hasn't changed because you watch the clips. I'm like, it looks it's the exact same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. And yeah. there's a scene where, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, there's a there's a very similar like I'm I'm seeing a couple jokes probably like fifteen times but there's a oh you recognize a, the location <laughs> yeah yeah I, there's Sick. an overhead shot where I, I think it's the same place where uh, sailor goes in to pot off Garnett's uh, ring I think that's the same it looks like the same place I don't I that's might dope. be I don't know um, that's dope so yeah there's a cool connection to, yeah you're right the Saki Roller is kind of this. And I know the Saki Rollers love this movie. I think I've seen them talk about their home man. But the, the, uh, yeah, the grittiness, the, uh, the, the pace of New York, but you're totally right. It's not like a Scorsese or, or a Saki, you know, Saki Rollers. That, that's something that's unique to them, to be honest. Like, you know, right. the, this insanely chaotic sound editing is really what it is. It's this really wild sound editing that makes you feel like you're, you're, uh, your blood is about to burst out of your veins because you're so yeah. tense, you know? Um, but you can see something like the kernels of that in this movie, right? Absolutely, um, yeah. You can see the, the, the genesis of that idea, how they can yeah. kind of start seeing that Because this is also, huh. like, around the same time Altman was around, you know? So Right, um, and that's the and, other big influence. That it's, like, yeah. it's like Marathon Man and Altman colliding led right, to uncut right. gems. Exactly. Like. It, and Scorsese, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Scorsese vibes. And uncut gems. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's, yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I did feel like, I was like, I feel like that, you know, this was a script that they, that was written in the 50s and they kind of wrote it to, you know what I mean, like fit the, the, yeah. uh, the 70s, you know. Um, which, which, which I like a lot, which on that, on that point, um, or more on the writing point and going back to thinking about if this came out in modern times, something I was thinking about is how, a movie like this that's kind of simpler and less extreme than um, as big as something as Uncut Gems. It was. It's kind of nice to have something contained. It's comforting to mm-hmm, me yeah. to have yeah, something small yeah, and contained with a yeah. lot of close ends. In the modern era, when there's just so many options and so many loose ends, um, I'm a right. person who likes closure, but I don't like you know yeah. super Hollywood closure. But yeah, when, like right. again closure like Die Hard or a movie like this it really it works for me it really yeah. kind of satisfies something satisfies an itch well, it's so like it's a bottle like, it's like a bottle right it's like a great drink you know Where yeah like, I know what Coke tastes like and it's you're gonna finish it you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, uh, you know it's not No Country for All Men this is another amazing thriller but that movie ends in this incredibly ambiguous really challenging very, way <laughs> right um, I showed that to Jericho the other day, by the way, and I was a little nervous to show it to him because I was like, I wonder what he's gonna think of this. Because, yeah. like, I do because the last 20 minutes is kind of a swing, you know, it's it's definitely a it's bold, it's a weird ending, you know. I didn't like it until like the third time I watched yeah, it, sure. yeah, then sure. I thought it was perfect by yeah. the third time, but the first two um, times I thought I didn't he, like it. I was blown away, he like loved it, like, he got it immediately. Hell yeah, like, that was incredible. We had like a great conversation about it i was like man that was special but anyway um 
Yeah. That's another great thriller. But, uh, Top tier. That's my. That's one of my favorite thrillers of all time. Yeah. Country. Oh, my God. Man. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That movie's perfect. perfect. 100% yeah. perfect. Perfect. Perfect movie. Um, um, but uh, this... So, yeah. I, I also want to mention, like, Roy Snyder. I fucking love Roy Snyder, dude. dude I think yeah. He, he was uh, so good. <laughs> you know, he, he's a guy who I feel like is pretty underrated. And, like... Uh, maybe not underrated is the wrong word, but like he has given, you know, he's in a new, another great seventies movie called Sorcerer that uh, Free Kid yeah, did. I that that. Yeah, really cool movie. Um, yeah, he's really, great in that. Really cool movie. Uh, that's another just fucking nail biting. Like, oh my, I'm gonna fucking sit my pants. Like, <laughs> like so terrifying. Um, oh my god, if you guys, you guys seen Sorcerer? Just watch the fucking, just look up Sorcerer, uh, like, uh, truck, Briggs. Just watch that scene and you, it, you'll sit your pants. Um, yeah, that scene's great. Rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of keywords. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, so, Roy Sider's interesting. I've never seen, I've always loved him in movies, but he's also one of those guys that I genuinely think he's getting one of the greatest performances cinema has ever seen in a movie called All That Jazz, which is an unbelievable performance. And, like, I think people are kind of recognizing that, like, now I just see, like, more talk of All That Jazz. Because I think, like, Greta Gerwig talked about it for an inspiration for Barbie and, and stuff, so I think people are seeing it. But, yeah, that movie is fucking insane. Like, if you think Ray Sider's awesome, you got to see All That Jazz. Like, he is, it's one of the greatest performances yeah, I've ever I, seen. That's um, on my list. Oh, such a fucking phenomenal movie. He made that after, so he had a, what, talking about a guy in the 70s, he had a fucking run, just those four movies alone. Jaws, Marathon Man, Sorcerer, you know, uh, all that jazz. What the fuck? Retire. You know, that's uh, a hell of a four. And the fucking French Connection, French right? French Connection, yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, wow. Damn, what an actor. Um, um, but, which uh, I, he's I a, love he's his weird, character. <laughs> I do too. He's yeah. a weird one to me too because he's kind of like, for me, I put him in a similar category of like Brandon Fraser, who's mm, like, yeah, sure. not in similar in acting performance, but in how like you like I I think of him, but yeah, yeah. And, and in charisma, it's like well, he's immediately likable. Star of Jaws, which is one of the right. you know, like one of the greatest blockbusters ever made, you know. Like, yeah, and, and, and then the success of Jaws is kind of like a double-edged sword to kind of his career, right. I guess, because you kind of just think of him as the Jaws guy, which is great because yeah, right. he is the I, Jaws guy. I did, obviously, for years until I saw all that Jaws. I don't even, I, dude, every time I love Jaws, I actually forget he's in Jaws. That's how, <laughs> that's how amazing his performance is in, like, all that Jaws and, 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 and stuff because we're like, I don't know, that really just changed my whole perspective on him as an actor, you know? Yeah, because he has, he has, um, you start to, I've just started to realize that he's a, he's a, he just has so much nuance in what mm -hmm. he brings. Yeah. Like, he's more than just, like, yes. charisma yeah. and a one sort of, like, good lead, comforting, good guy kind yeah. of performance. He, he, what I like about him, too, is he has this he's great really flexible. look to him. He, he reminds me of something like a, a Jimmy Stewart, but, like, um, more yeah, like you're right. A, yeah, like eggs too, like seventies eggs. You know, um, this is really cool. It's it's yeah. it's 
like Henry Fonda. He also looks like Henry Fonda a little bit too. Yeah, his um, fucking his fucking nose is just he has a legendary yeah, nose for yeah, movies. Legendary. It's, it's yeah. so fucking awesome. He yeah. he also has a great face for like if you're like if I were to draw him, he would be an amazing face to draw. Yeah. So I agree. He has a yeah. he has an amazing face and amazing expression just yeah. for movies in general. Yeah, all the performances in this movie are fucking awesome and fun. And Dustin Hoffman is, you know, so great. Um, so great. And uh, he has a couple scenes in this movie that are, that are, that are, pretty, that are pretty great. Uh, um, yeah, he's just, uh, he also had all the President's Men came out in the same year, too. So he was, he was kind of on fire also uh, in the 70s. But um, I, I wanted to talk about, too, like, the 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 kind of like cause I halfway through like why is this called marathon man you know I was like where, that I I, can't I, I that did out, I it is a strange <laughs> title like it, it still is strange to me but I do kind of like the title because it's like one he's a guy training for a marathon but there is also like half of the, the second half of the movie or part of it is a cat mouse movie right part right. of it is like he's on the run. At a point, there's that great, the way that he gets away from, you know, Slice the first time, you know, um, he, you know, runs across the city in that great scene when they're chasing yeah. him, and yeah, he's amazing, running, so that, that, I guess, was the kind of the connection to the title, you know, um, but I also think it's interesting that this movie opens with old footage of a marathon runner. Um, yeah, I, I, I was trying really to wonder if there was some kind of like historical context behind it. Yeah, um, right. That I'm I'm kind of missing because yeah. I, I I liked how that was opening. It felt really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of abstract and really montage right. but right. also evocative. Yeah. But I couldn't. I, love I couldn't the like. So like if I, if I were to write down like what Marathon Man's the title really means, Ooh, like yeah. what you just said was just like, well, he runs later in the movie, yeah, and that's right. about all I have, yeah, right. which well, part of his character is that. But and I also guess like if you really because like we don't get that much about me, but he's not like this crazy deep character. He didn't need to be, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But so I guess part of it is also like him just being a marathon runner and like that, um, that uh. Long cause really gonna really set up like his his drive almost um, is maybe like maybe like important to kind of like later in the line like how he um, kind of gets away and, like always is kind of a you know um, he he he's not a shrill guy you know he kind of takes takes fucking ownership you know he takes a he uh, shoots some people, you know, and uh, yeah. fucking... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? right, right, right. So I guess that there is, like, this... Uh, I guess it was more of a character thing, you know, which I like. Um, more well, like, also, I guess, to set up who he is as a person, you know. My brain's my brain's also cooking up something when we were talking about the blending of the loose 70s versus the more tighter, uh, stricter 50s writing style, because yeah. that's something where, like, those qualities are sort of, from a 50s context, are, like no-no plot hole type of thing. <laughs> right, right, but from a right. 70s context, they're really 
nice vibes, you know, yeah. for like characterization or like the fact that his dad suicided, you know, it's like right, 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 doesn't right. really have a like a cause and effect, you know, thing like yeah. that it leads to. It doesn't really yeah. lead to anything in the movie, but it has an impact to how it sort of feels. Um, yeah. Really, right. Which yeah, is, that like that his, feels his, more 70s. Yeah. His guy and his character. And there's also like a, there's a great little moments you get like what he's like who he is as a person. But I love when he's in class and they ask you know teacher asking this question and he writes down the answer on his piece of paper and like he's like no one knows the answer and he just writes the right answer down yeah. and he doesn't say anything and then he scratches it off and like so his teacher doesn't see it. So there's this like. That's such a great little moment to, like, really, you know, you, you read a lot into, like, what this guy, who this guy is just by seeing that, you know? Right, um, right. Right, and because, I really, really and, because, like. and I think that, because uh, I had the same experience of just really liking that scene when I saw yeah. it, which is, so it's like, if two people having that experience is reason enough. It's like, yeah, on paper, you could say plot hole. But it, it, yeah, since it, yeah. it connected so well just yeah. as a scene, it's just like, well, it has a purpose yeah. in the movie. It doesn't yeah. feel pointless. I, there are plot holes in this movie. Like, there is, there is it's more to, and I don't really care, though, because at the end of the day, this is a big Hollywood thriller. And, like, when yeah. you have, like, big, you know, we should get to it, but, like, the, the villain is absurd. Like, I laugh <laughs> so hard. Like, it was, like, a great, just like wow, this is such a this is such a movie, you know? Like yeah, yeah. What the villain is doing is fucking hilarious. It's a it's an ex Nazi who is like, you know, uh, been you know who's been in hiding. He's trying to steal get these jewels that he got from all these Jews that he killed in Auschwitz. <laughs> That's crazy, you know. But such an awesome like, especially at the time. I thought that was fucking sick, dude. I thought people were like, well, because now, like, all the Nazis are fucking dead, you know? But, like, right. in 1976, you know, this could happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This, this, this yeah. could be a reality um, in, in some way. But, like, when you start, like, breaking down, like, how they're gonna, you're like, this is completely absurd. You know what I mean? Like, but it works so well, you know? It's like a thriller, like a movie, that, like, it doesn't really bog the movie down in, in, yeah, any, that, in any way you that know? kind of that kind of leads into something else about this movie how this also movie the is. also the whole double agent there's so many like double there's so many like right that's kind of messy that, <laughs> like his girlfriend you know like what were you in it the whole time you know? yeah like that you know what i mean so it's like and the, the movie i think smartly doesn't take its time to explain itself either which i like like it's just kind of like you're, it's always going, you know. Yeah, so like, yeah. you never, you don't really have a moment to even like question it, you know. You're like, okay, you know, like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah, Shit, I, you know. I she, think she's in and out of two, damn it, you know. When you start thinking about it, you're like, wait, how? That's you know? that's something about like <laughs> when we like a lot of a lot of modern movies or a lot of criticism towards stuff. I'll throw in Marvel, but we shouldn't. It's yeah. not a worthwhile comparison <laughs> no. to make. But a lot of criticisms of Marvel that I had could be solved if there's a writing structure that Marathon Man uses, which is the yeah, simple right. thing of having characters who have really simple, kind of, hyper-understandable yeah. motivation behind them. Like any, you, yeah. just, you know what these guys are trying to do. Or any kind of interesting structure 
anything, you know. Um, <laughs> and this and this this movie, like the the like you're right, that espionage thing is yeah. kind of wacky and all over the place. But it doesn't it doesn't slow down the movie because it's yeah. like Babe is in the situation. He's a hundred percent in the situation, and he yeah. has to get out. Uh, this also, Nazi wants his jewels, and that's it. We're not uh, fucking yeah, around right, with anything right, else. Right. And also, Babe doesn't know what's going on, so it's also like part of. The movie, right? The like, yeah, you know, as we're trying to piecing it together. Yeah. Um. I unfortunately have to go like relatively soon, like like ten minutes or twenty minutes. But um. No problem. I, I have to. There's like a couple things that uh. Also, well, you have to mention the dentist scene. Uh, yeah, that's that that's is, like probably the most iconic scene from this. I I came across this movie because my dad my dad showed it to me. He was a fan yeah. of it. Um, and when I watched it, I was in high school. And Total bad movie. Um, I, I wasn't <laughs> as into it when I was watched it the first time. Yeah. Um, but I liked it enough to ke- always keep it in the back of my mind because right. I was also really struck by how much my dad liked it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm really glad to return to it and be so struck. But that scene was yeah. the scene that my dad was like, wait till you get to this fucking yeah. scene, little crazy. man. This scene's crazy. It is, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a great a scene. Is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? I um, love Duncan like, Hawkins who, who, play, who, who plays that scene perfectly. He's like, yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Like, like it's just, he's so perplexed and horrified, you know? Uh, just the, the tension building in that scene is fucking excellent. You know, I, so I, great. I, I also love the originality of like yeah, a, right. of a scene like that because yeah. like again it's I, I don't want to bash too much on modern movies because I think modern movies are great we just have too much of too many of them but right. that's something that it feels like that we don't have creative ideas like that coming out because it's like it feels like we're kind of going through a stock of options that could happen in a thriller things and exciting things like like a situation like this that you've never seen before right. um it feels more rare to have something yeah. like this happening. Okay. Um, but I, I loved it where it's just like this, it's kind of this weird kooky little thing yeah. that really works. Just like he's a dentist and he found out a really great way to <laughs> yeah. torture people through yeah. your teeth. Yeah, Makes you great. squirm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, unfortunately, I think I have to go. So this is a short podcast. Yeah, we'll do a little, um, little punchy. Well, it's a punchy movie. We do a punchy podcast. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Uh, next time will be longer, um, cause I want to talk about this movie more, but, um, do you want to spin the wheel? Yeah, let's spin the wheel and cool. talk up and- Dark Hawk is what... very cool. Very, very, yeah. very cool movie. And, uh, 100%, 100% I, I, I love 70, 70s thrillers, it's fucking food to me, you know? Yeah, um, this is, it's also one that, like, I, I feel like I'm gonna just watch again oh, and again. Yeah, it's so easy to Fuck watch, yeah. it's so fun, fucking Fuck fun yeah. to watch. How do I do this? Uh, I need to find my watch. Saw this here. Um, hi, Sean. <laughs> Let's see. What do we? I want to do sort shuffle. Okay. Yeah, so the first, <laughs> the first, the first three that we have are uh, warm bodies. Which oh yeah. Okay. Then we have Sputnik. So I'm so sorry. Hi, Sean. Oh, I'm seeing uh, that. You have? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's goofy. 2020 Sputnik. That's like a monster movie. Yeah, we have Baby Teeth. I don't know what, what that the is. Fuck? Have you I don't know what that called is. Baby Teeth. Baby Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and then Stop the last right. one is a anime called The Tatami Galaxy. 
Okay. Oh. Oh. More bodies. Is that the... That's the zombie rock cock, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I that too. I think... I think I think I'm gonna make you watch an anime. I think we should watch <laughs> Tatami, t- the Tatami Galaxy. Do I do? Um, is this like a sequel? Do I do? Uh, no, I don't think you need to do any prep work right. for Tatami Galaxy. Right, I'll do some research in case we need to do anything about this. I okay. think this is a like a director. This is like one of his their back catalogs that I've wanted to watch, and it okay. looks really really fucking stylish. So if we can't find it, we might need to do a backup, but I we'll figure that out. We hard to Hopefully we can just rent it on Amazon, but All right, I'll buy a VHS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys for listening. We got this far, all forty-five minutes <laughs> of it. Um, watch Marathon Man. Watch, watch Marathon Man. Yes. Watch on Cut Gen. Watch Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye.